Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your favorite one-stop shop for horror news, true crime, and real-life tales of the unexplained, Monsters at Midnight, The Revenge. Episodes of Monsters upload on a bi-weekly format every other Saturday. I'm your host, your favorite escaped madman, loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Today's episode has nothing to do with the holidays. Or horror. I'm sorry. Lock your doors, bolt your windows, and turn out the lights. Monsters at Midnight, the motherfucking revenge, rides again. Well, as you all know, the holidays are upon us, and I, like you, have been strapped for time and stressed out for one reason or another, and... I had plans to do a sort of holiday-themed episode for you, but I just ran out of time to prep one. I wanted to go see John Woo's new movie, Silent Night. Um, there's also It's a Wonderful Knife that's out that I've heard about. Um, I was also even thinking about doing like a scripted breakdown and analysis of American Psycho because that's kind of a Christmas movie, kind of a wintry movie, uh, and it, none of it happened. <laughs> so today's episode is going to just be sort of a relaxed discussion about a film and a film series that I hold very dear to my heart, that being Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, around this time last week, the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. dropped. Netflix exclusive coming out next summer. Um, the storied history of the development and uh, teasing of a fourth Beverly Hills Cop movie has been going on for years. It's been stuck in development hell since... I think the late 90s, since shortly after the third entry came out. And to the point where every time there was a new uh, rumor mill or new article about, like, oh, there's talks, there's a script, I would just kind of roll my eyes. It got to the point where I was like, this movie is just never going to come out. But it actually is. And not only that, it has a lot of the same cast returning, and I've watched the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop Axel F probably like 15 times now at this point. Um, there, I'll get more into my thoughts about the trailer sort of at the end of the episode. Um, because, well, given how I'm going to be discussing the Beverly Hills Cop series, I don't want to end on the down note that it's Beverly Hills Cop 3. Um... There's a lot of ways that this can go horribly wrong. I mean, legacy sequels and nostalgia baiting and even the attempt at uh, Eddie Murphy career renaissance has been hit or miss over the uh, last several years now. Um, of course, especially in the realm of horror, we've seen it uh, and outside of that as well. Um and with Eddie Murphy, he's done great stuff like Dolomite is my name and not so great stuff. I haven't seen Coming to America 2, but I heard it was not good. Um, so, I again, I'll get more into the trailer at the end here. But it just made, seeing that trailer made me realize how much I love the first Beverly Hills Cop. 
And I showed it to Levon the other night, and he really enjoyed it. Um, so I thought it'd just be a fun little low-key episode here. I'm going to take you through the Beverly Hills Cop series, do a little behind-the-scenes stuff, a little trivia for you, and give reviews of the three Beverly Hills Cop entries. Then finally, uh, closing off with my thoughts on the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. I do hope you enjoy. This is another episode that I was maybe going to script, but I just have not been uh, finding words recently. And it's the holidays, so join me by the fireplace and we'll just chat about a movie that I hold very dear to my heart and enjoy showing people. And hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. Beverly Hills Cop, released in 1984, directed by Martin Brest. From what I understand uh, from behind-the-scenes uh, supplemental material on DVDs and such, the script for Beverly Hills Cop had been around since the late 70s. And the first draft of the script was a lot more of a hard-boiled, straightforward uh, detective story. Uh, the original uh, writer was saying that they had uh, written, wrote, bleh, wrote the script in mind for actors like Clint Eastwood, Al Pacino, James Caan, the usual suspects when it comes to tough, macho cop movies, especially in the late 70s. Um, it, it was picked up, um, well, I mean, there's a couple of different stories of where the idea for the film originated from, but one of the people who claims to have uh, originated the idea was producer Don Simpson who had a long partnership with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer before his passing in 1996. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson are pretty legendary action film uh, producers now at this point. And Jerry Bruckheimer is still working to this day. He's actually uh, still a producer on the new Beverly Hills Cop coming out. The movie was uh, sort of greenlit by Paramount um, and actually optioned, uh, or uh, not even optioned, was going to star Sylvester Stallone. But Sylvester Stallone being one of the biggest stars in Hollywood at the time and also well known for his writing as well, took the script and sort of retailored it to his style of film and his style of acting. Uh, this, of course, meant that it has turned into a Stallone movie, and the proposed budget just ballooned out of control, like way more than Paramount was willing to make the movie for. So someone had to make the, the tough call to uh, uh, let Sylvester Stallone go from the project. Um, it just it, it happened that they... Uh, Brookheimer and Simpson had met with Eddie Murphy at some point on a back lot at Paramount, told him about what they were working on, and Eddie Murphy was very interested in playing a character like that, a uh, type of character to that point he had not played yet. He's sort of played like, uh, I mean, he had done 
48 hours and he had done trading places so his bit was like the fast talking con man um and now he could take that and be a fast talking sharp-witted cop essentially it was also with uh the inclusion of eddie murphy that the script was rewritten to go into a more comedic direction the sort of tough detective story developed more of a sense of humor and sort of also uh, formulated what we would come to know now as the buddy cop genre. There weren't really uh, a whole lot of examples of movies like Beverly Hills Cop before Beverly Hills Cop. Um, that's enough preamble though. Uh, the basic story of the movie is that Eddie Murphy plays a Detroit cop named Axel Foley whose friend is murdered whilst visiting him in Detroit. Picking up the pieces of the investigation uh, outside of uh, the, the bounds of his jurisdiction and what his uh, superior officer is telling him to do, the investigation takes him to Beverly Hills, where he unravels the mystery and uh, raises holy hell with the local law in Beverly Hills, but eventually make some friends along the way as they solve this mystery. Beverly Hills Cop is not high art, and I don't think it's trying to be. Uh, Martin Brest, I haven't seen a lot of his movies. The only other movie I've seen from him is Midnight Run, which is a very good movie. He also has the unfortunate honor of directing the movie uh, Jiggly, or Geely, I'm still not sure how you're supposed to say it, which is notoriously like one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, but he's a competent director. Uh, he knows how to frame a shot, and he also knows how to direct action pretty well. Uh, the opening car chase throughout Detroit is awesome. And something you don't see very often in comedies like, like this anymore with a lot of big budget, real destruction, cars getting smashed, uh, a semi-truck just barreling through the straight streets of Detroit, dozens of cop cars in pursuit. It's a great sequence. However, the movie itself is not high art. Uh, the story is a pretty typical fish-out-of-water story, and one that you've probably seen something like before. And going beyond that, the, the trope of the cop uh, going, uh, like, who is let off a case, or, like, not put on the case that he wants, and going rogue, essentially, to figure out it for himself. Uh, the cop with a very personal connection to a uh, case. It's been done before. It had been done before Beverly Hills Cop, and it had been it's been done numerous times ever since. However, Beverly Hills Cop is greater than the sum of its parts, and a lot of that truly comes down to Eddie Murphy. This is the role that I always associate Eddie Murphy with, and to this day, he is still one of my favorite comedic actors, no matter how sour his career turned going into the 90s and into the 2000s, although he did have some luck with the Shrek movies. Eddie Murphy is positively electric in this. 
he it has been said that he was given pretty free reign to vamp and improvise however he saw fit as long as he got the basic beats of the story and brought the conversation back to where it needed to go and it works so well in this movie because the chemistry that he has with John Ashton, who plays Sergeant Taggart, and Judge Reinhold, who plays Detective Billy Rosewood, are is phenomenal. Uh, this uh, sort of, uh, not quite bumbling, but just not as hip uh, pair of cops that are tasked with keeping tabs on him while he's out in Beverly Hills Cop. The greatest bits in this movie come from the dynamic that they share. Not only that, you also have great supporting characters like Lisa Eilbacher as Jenny and Steven Burkoff as the villain Victor Maitland and Ronnie Cox as uh, uh, Lieutenant Bogomil, the head of the uh, whatever division that uh, Taggart and Rose would work at. Everyone plays off each other so well. Um, and especially since they have the task of reacting to the zany shit that Eddie Murphy's going to be doing, it's no easy feat. The dialogue in this movie, though, as a result, is just so funny and so memorable and always has me laughing my ass off. This movie is a delight. And it always makes me feel like I've been on sort of a nice break. It's a nice comfort food movie. It's a nice escape movie. Uh, a lot of that having to do with the Beverly Hills backdrop, but also because you're with these characters that are so inherently likable. At this point, because I've seen the movie so many times, it feels like I'm spending time with old friends. If you have not seen this movie... I highly recommend checking it out. Um, and that's, I haven't even talked about the soundtrack, the legendary Axel F theme song composed by Harold Faltermeyer, which you will hear 8,000 times in the movie as I realized watching it the other night. But you've also got the great uh, licensed soundtrack as well with songs like Stir It Up by Patti LaBelle and Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters and The Heat Is On by Glenn Fry. Everything in the movie works so well. It is the first, whereas like Miami Vice was a cop procedural for the MTV generation. This was the first cop movie for the MTV generation. It is so sharp. It is so smart. It is so funny. And it is so inherently likable that I have nothing but the highest praises for it. And goes to show how... It all depends on how you're telling the story. Like I say, if it, spelling out all the details of what's going on in Beverly Hills Cop, it doesn't sound like anything special. The magic is truly in the performances, in the dialogue, and also in the editing, too. Because as we'll see uh, in a second here, the film moves at a pace where... Eddie can vamp and ad-lib, but it doesn't feel like it's derailing the movie. It doesn't feel like, and that's sort of a problem I had with the uh, Ghostbusters 2016, was there, it seemed like there was no end to the improv. Uh, this movie knows when to rein it in, when to get a little more serious. 
uh, and also when to be exciting, too. The final shootout is great, even if it is sort of, like, very, like, video gamey, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, like I said, the opening sequence with the stolen truck full of cigarettes is f fantastic. Decent amount of action in this movie. Um, and it, the movie knows when to pump the brakes, let Eddie rest a little bit, and when to, like, tell the story and be a little more serious. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot to mention Brunson Pinchot as Serge. Uh, iconic. Absolutely iconic. It's just this movie is so layered with things to like. I highly recommend checking out Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop uh, went on to be, I believe, the second highest grossing movie of 1984, just behind Ghostbusters, which also leads me to realize that 1984 is one of my favorite years for films. You have Beverly Hills Cop, you have Ghostbusters, you have Temple of Doom, you have The Terminator, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Spinal Tap, Friday the 13th, Final Chapter, Body Double. There's some good-ass movies that came out in 1984. Purple Rain, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Good-ass year for movies. Yeah, anyway, I digress. Became the second-highest-grossing movie of 1984. Eddie Murphy is at the peak of his fame now as a movie star, especially um, after uh, releasing, after being on Saturday Night Live and also releasing uh, Delirious, his uh, incredibly iconic uh, first stand-up special on HBO. So his sequel was almost immediately uh, greenlit, put into development. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the behind-the-scenes of Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, I was trying to do some research beforehand, and there's really, at least, I didn't do much research, I guess, but Wikipedia gives a pretty scant uh, behind-the-scenes little blurb in, their product, in the production section. But the gist was um, they hired uh, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, after working with Tony Scott on Top Gun, decided that uh, they would give Beverly Hills Cop 2 to Tony Scott. And a lot of people don't like Beverly Hills Cop 2. It's sort of it's sort of in this weird place in Tony Scott's filmography. It's nowhere near as loved as movies like uh fuck now I'm it's oh and I'm like completely blanking on everything that Tony Scott's directed. It's nowhere near as liked as Top Gun or True Romance. But it's also not as, like, cult classic-y as The Last Boy Scout or The Hunger. It sits in the weird sort of, like, in-between of his filmography. A lot of people don't really know what to make of this movie. And I'm going to tell you, I fucking really like Beverly Hills Cop 2 as well. Rewatched it the other night for the first time in a few years, and... I do see more of the problems than I used to when I was a kid. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 2 is almost too much of a good thing. What worked so well about Beverly Hills Cop 1 was all the vamping and improvising that Eddie Murphy did, so that's really a focus in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, but also, with Tony Scott directing, 
you get a lot more action, a lot more excitement. I'll give a quick synopsis here. Axel heads for the land of sunshine and palm trees to find out who shot police captain Andrew Bogomil. Thanks to a couple of old friends, Axel's investigation uncovers a series of robberies masterminded by a heartless weapons kingpin, and the chase is on. Yeah, so Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, and uh, Ronnie Cox are back. You've also got return uh, a new villain played by Jurgen Prochnow, and also the badass femme fatale Brigitte Nielsen is uh, in the film as well. Uh, great cast in this movie, Dean Stockwell. Um, this movie, first off, this movie's fucking gorgeous. Like, like Beverly Hills Cop 1 is a competently directed movie, but it's not, like I said, it's not high art. With Tony Scott behind the camera, and especially given, like, the most recent Blu-ray release that Beverly Hills Cop 2 has, this movie looks fucking great. The cinematography is so slick. The movie's so colorful and vibrant and very 80s, and everything is sort of basked in that, like, golden hour glow that Tony Scott likes to use in his movies a lot. It's just very, like, baked and orange-looking. I love the look of this movie. The locations are are heightened, too. Uh, we... Beverly Hills is almost like a fictionalized version of Beverly Hills in this. Everything is really heightened, really glamorous. And I think it works in the context of this very slick action movie that Tony Scott is making. And that's the thing. Tony Scott is making an action movie with some comedy in it. Um, I heard that they had to go back and add more bouts of humor because the movie was just turning into a Tony Scott action film. And I think that's where you see a lot of the issues come into play. Like I said, Beverly Hills Cop 2 is almost too much of a good thing. There are a lot of scenes that, while very funny, because Eddie Murphy is a master, feel derailed, uh, or not derailed, but a lot of scenes that feel haphazardly interjected into the movie where it's purely to just showcase Axel Foley's fast wits, his fast talk, and his um, uh, brash personality. And some of it works. Other times it's a little distracting. Uh, but it's never something that I mind too much because I still think, at the core, the chemistry between Eddie Murphy, Judge Reinhold, and John Ashton works so well. And because it's been developed from the first movie, they slip back in effortlessly. This is another movie that just feels like an, a pure escape. Uh, spending time with old friends. Um, the bigger issue I have with this movie is the story. It's not paced well at all. Um, there are scenes... There, they are in a goddamn rush to tell this story. Uh, there are scenes where, like, I'm just, there's one example that really distracts me, where Jurgen Prochnow's character is talking to Bridget Nielsen's character about Dean Stockwell's character and how they need to grab him, and then, like, literally a second later, Dean Stockwell is in the office saying, you want to see me? And there are several instances of that where it's like, it feels like every, like this movie is just in a goddamn hurry to tell this story that, again, isn't really that interesting. It's 
somehow overwritten, but also paper thin. There's a lot of, like, veering and twists and turns it takes to really not tell that interesting of a story. There's a secondary villain that I don't think has any dialogue in the movie. He's just only, like, referred to and seen a handful of times. It's, it's The story in this movie, I'm going to say as much as I do like this film, is not good, and it's not told well, and it's paced really weird, and it's not helped by the fact that it's broken up with these long sequences of Eddie Murphy doing his Axel Foley bit. That being said, though, the action in this movie kicks fucking ass, <laughs> because Tony Scott is a legend, uh, was a legend, rest in peace to one of the greats. Um, it is shot so well, and underlied, underlied with that um, great piece of music by Harold Faltermeyer uh, that he eventually releases like a like an actual like pop song called "Bad Guys." It, everything in the action sequences is so slick, so polished, and so invigorating that this movie has you by the nuts in the first opening scene where uh, the the bad guys are holding up a jewelry store and then hard cut axel foley in detroit shakedown by bob seegers playing he's zipping his undercover ferrari through the streets this movie's like even more fucking 80s than the first one uh released in 1987 and it shows you've got you've got loud uh, loud blaring like synth pop music and some new wave and percussion machines. This movie is delectable. Um, I don't know if what, anything I said about this movie was a cohesive analysis of it. Um, I feel like it was. At the end of the day, Beverly Hills Cop 2, when I was a kid, I liked Beverly Hills Cop 2 more than I liked the first movie because I was getting all the good shit. I was getting the the fun characters. I was getting the funny dialogue. I was also getting a lot of adult humor and a lot of tit shots in the middle of the movie because it was the 80s and that was obligatory. But as an adult... I appreciate more of the flaws that Beverly Hills Cop 2 ha has, and I do see why people are a little bit more mixed on this one. I don't outright hate it the way some people do, because this movie is just too goddamn entertaining and too much fun, and also just too nostalgic. Um, but I do see the issues with it. It has a lame story that is not paced well, and it has a little... It puts a little too much focus on the vamping, the improvising, where the first film knew how to tell its story and balance Eddie's uh, strong, strong suits as an actor. This movie has more of a hard time with it. Um, then we move, then we move on to one of the worst movies I have seen in my life, and that is Beverly Hills Cop 3. Interesting movie, to say the least. Um, Eddie Murphy's career was kind of in a slump at this point. Not as bad as it would get in like the mid-2000s, but it, he needed another hit. Stephen E. D'Souza, of Die Hard fame and uh, numerous other projects, 
pitches Beverly Hills Cop 3 essentially as Die Hard in a theme park. And naturally, Paramount's like, it's going to be too expensive, so they have to rework it, rewrite it. They also bring John Landis on board to direct. Uh, very talented director, American Werewolf in London fame. Also worked with Eddie on Trading Places, which is a great movie. Very talented director. Nothing against anything, any of the people that worked on this movie. I just don't know what the hell actually happened behind the scenes for this movie to turn out the way it did. And I'm going to level with you. I was trying to rewatch this movie in preparation for this episode, and I had to turn it off. It is, well, let's be fair to it at least. Let's give it the plot summary here. Back in sunny Southern California and on the trail of two murderers, Axel Foley again teams up with L.A. cop Billy Rosewood. Soon they discover that an amusement park is being used as a front for a massive counterfeiting ring, and it's run by the same gang that shot Billy's boss. It's uh, Axel's boss, actually. That's a that's a misprint. <laughs> Yeah, all these movies start with someone that Axel is close to getting shot or killed. And in this one, it's Inspector Todd, which, re fucking rest in peace to that man, too. Gilbert R. Look up Gilbert R. Hill. Interesting dude. He was an actual, like, seasoned, well-decorated homicide cop in Detroit that they found when they were location scouting to play uh, Axel's superior. And he is fucking awesome throughout the entire series. He is so good. Um, I think he ran for mayor of Detroit at one point. So cool. Look him up. Cool dude. Uh, but regardless, this movie sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I had to turn this movie off because it finally clicked what is wrong with this movie. And it's an R-rated movie that's not meant for adults. There are so many gags and jokes and cutaways that make it feel like it's a PG movie dressed up with a little bit of violence and a few fuck words thrown in to get an R rating. This, this movie is almost like cartoonishly silly. It is not in line with the edgier, darker humor. And I get it. Eddie had had a family, has a family now at this point. His career was sort of going in a less edgy, hard direction. But if you're making a sequel to Beverly Hills Cop, this is just, you can't do it like this. The story is laughably underbaked. I always struggle to remember what this movie is actually about, and I do remember that it's like, oh yeah, it's fucking counterfeiting in this theme park, it's stupid. Again, talented people in this movie, Judge Ryan holds us back, no John Ashton, unfortunately, no Ronnie Cox, but you have Hector Elizondo in this as, like, Taggart 2.0, essentially, and he doesn't really have a whole lot to do other than be pissed off at Axel. Um, John Saxon, always a pleasure to see him, but he really has nothing to do in this movie because I always forget that he's in it. Bronson Pinchot uh, returns for a laughably forced cameo from Serge that does not make any sense at all, and is truthfully, I it's 
trying to recapture the electricity that the first film had while doing nothing that the first film did right. Eddie Murphy just seems tired in this. His one-liners aren't sticking. His improvising seems tired and slow. Um, it's just a, it's a lazy movie. And again, it also, some of the humor in it, it's just, it's not, I can't take it seriously as an R-rated sequel to two very R-rated movies. And that's really the biggest thing, that's really the only thing I can say about it. The, the music in it really sucks, too. Niall Rogers, who is a very famous, like, R&B and hip-hop producer, did the soundtrack for this movie. Um, I'm kind of torn on his interpretation of the Axel F theme, because it's really overproduced and really gaudy in a mid-90s hip-hop New Jack Swing sort of way. But I also kind of like it because of that, too. <laughs> um, because, like, Harold Faltermeyer, is, obviously, is very 80s, and this was very, very 90s. Uh, but the rest of the music in this movie is dreadful. It is just, like, weird, cheap-sounding orchestra, orchestra MIDI, and it's just, like, these fart-sounding synth MIDIs, too, during the action sequences. It's just a garbage soundtrack and not a lot of like memorable licensed music either the biggest thing about this movie is I, I just don't feel like anyone really wanted to make it eddie murphy and judge reinhold do still have good chemistry but i don't feel like either of them really believe in the project and i don't think anyone and again like john landis competent director has made some very good films this movie is especially coming after Beverly Hills Cop 2, which was directed by Tony Scott, who has a great eye for action and cinema in general. This movie is just, like, so uninteresting to look at. All the shots are so are framed in such a way that's, like, amateurish. Like, there are, like, again, I barely, I could barely get through the movie the other day, but... There, it's like shot, reverse shot, and everyone is like perfectly in the center of the frame. It is just a boring-looking movie to look at. And oh, the fucking the theme park idea might have been good on paper, but just becomes obnoxious in execution because there is this really tacky, it's, oh, it's a Disney World parody, yuck, yuck. So there's this really awful, really tacky, like... Wonder World theme song that you hear constantly throughout the movie. This movie is in has no right to like be here. It has no interesting story to tell. It tries to give Axel a love interest. She's about as interesting as a cardboard box. Um, it like everyone just seems like they don't want to be there and I, as a result i don't want to watch this movie i don't want to watch this movie ever again every couple there is a hand every like several years since i first saw it i will watch it again to try and give it like a new shake or figure out why i don't like it and i th think i figured it out about half an hour into it on this last attempted rewatch. It is just because it is the like most 
wimpy R-rated Eddie Murphy comedy that no one seems interested to make. This whole conversation, I'm on the letterbox page for it, and the header is this picture of Eddie Murphy as Axel just looking really bemused. So it looks like I'm just, it was just like berating this movie straight to his face. I'm sorry, man. I love you, but ugh, this one is a stinker. It's a fucking yeah. You can miss me with this shit. I yeah, get it away from me. But that's why I didn't want to end this episode on a, such a sour note. So let's talk about the trailer for Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. I'm going to pull it up and watch it while I talk about it, even though I've seen it enough times. I can probably do a, a fair enough job of talking about it. But yeah, 2024 release date. Um, we've got Netflix produced, finally. After years in development hell, development hell, Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, this movie is very intriguing because it looks like they are, they are putting some effort into the action, into the storytelling. And again, it has a good cast. Uh, we've got Eddie Murphy returning, but we've also got Paul Reiser, Bronson Pinchot, John, uh, Judge Reinhold, John Ashton. I have a feeling that those guys will probably be more cameos. I, I just from the way I, it is a teaser trailer. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's more just cameos. But I'm looking to see where we go with these new characters because we also have, um, oh fuck, we've got Kevin Bacon as like the new uh, head of detectives in Beverly Hills Cop. We have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as. Uh, someone that Axel's going to be working with now. And we also have, I need to look her name up here. We also have Taylor Page playing Axel Foley's estranged daughter. Little premise that Netflix has put out after the death of an old friend. Back at it again, I see. Detroit Police Department Lieutenant Axel Foley returns to Beverly Hills to investigate corruption within the Beverly Hills Police Department with his estranged daughter and her ex-boyfriend. See, that that premise alone makes me think that Billy and uh, Taggart aren't going to have as much of a presence in it as I would like, but what are you going to do? It's a legacy sequel. Uh, he'll probably show up a time or two and then be in the finale. Um, but I do think it's interesting that they are going to be at least sort of tackling, uh, sort of the stigma that the police has in this day and age, which is a valid and interesting way to take the series, given that everything that Axel Foley does in the movies is textbook bad cop shit like it, as fun as it is the movies don't really hold up well in that regard going out of jurisdiction operating outside of the boundaries of the law solving cases on personal time it's bad cop shit so it's interesting i mean he's still gonna be doing it going out to beverly hills it looks like that it seems like they're gonna be tackling that a little bit at least uh, but yeah, uh, trailers showcasing the action. Looks like there's going to be a lot of it. It's also showcasing the humor. 
looks like Eddie is back in the saddle as Axel Foley wearing that uh, traditional, it's not the same jacket, but that he's got that uh, Lions varsity jacket on once again. And like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. I would say that it's a struggle, going to be a struggle to be worse than Beverly Hills Cop 3, but as someone pointed out to me the other night, they did it with Die Hard, so fuck, it could be. But I'm cautiously optimistic, and at the end of the day, I'm just looking for a fun movie to watch with my dad. Uh, my dad uh, showed me this movie when I was probably in fifth grade, I think. Um, I have a very deep connection to this movie through my dad. Um, and you know what? That's what the holidays are all about. So I brought it all together. I tricked you. This is a holiday episode. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it there. Uh, hope you have happy holidays and a Merry Christmas and a happy whatever. Um, happy New Year probably as well. Won't be back until... 2024 um big things in the future though so you can look forward to that and i'm just hoping and fucking praying that 2024 is a lot better than my 2023 was gonna be or was rather um and hopefully part of that is because beverly hills cop axel f is awesome Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the Monsters at Midnight YouTube channel. Have thoughts on today's episode or suggestions for future ones? Shoot us an email at monsters.midnight at gmail.com. Midnight spelled incorrectly. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash mattflamingo. I try to write about everything I watch, so if you want my thoughts on non-horror movies, you can head over there or fucking listen to an episode that I decide to talk about non-horror movies. Until next time, my tender one plays.